This is the Voice Over Work podcast, brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services. Today is Saturday, August 28, 2021. Understanding your unique chronotype. Your chronotype is simply your unique circadian personality and describes your individual inner clock. The concept was outlined in detail in Daniel H. Pink's book, When, The Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing. The idea is that if you understand your chronotype, you can adjust your life schedule to better support and flow with your natural peaks and troughs of energy. It's not exactly a way to give yourself more energy, but a way to optimize and work with the energy you already have when you have it. So, what's your chronotype? The first type is the bear. This image closely follows the solar cycle, meaning they usually wake up naturally at around 7 or 8 in the morning. They hit their productivity peak in the morning and early afternoon when they're able to focus on deep work, plan, strategize, problem solve, and create. This peak can last from around 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. After this period, usually after lunch, bear types can then have a dip in energy and focus levels, which can deepen at around 4 p.m. If you're the kind of person who feels tempted by an afternoon nap, you might be a bear type. From around 4 p.m. onward, bears do best when they relax, have dinner, unwind, and socialize rather than work. They tend to feel drowsy and ready for bed by around 11 p.m. at the latest. If this schedule sounds familiar, it'll probably be because most people are bears, around 55% of the population. You can tell you're a bear if you tend to gravitate to this cycle naturally. If you find you're grumpy and lethargic having to go to bed too late or wake up too early, you might be a bear too. Finally, some research suggests that there are personality types associated with each chronotype. Bears are said to be extroverted, happy, and pretty mellow, and work fairly well in conventional office setups where they don't clash too heavily with the standard workday. Bears are happiest when they maintain a steady, even flow of energy by maintaining the same waking and sleeping schedule every day and scheduling most of their work before lunch. Avoid work in the evenings. You won't be as effective, and it'll just make you crabby. The wolf type is completely different, and this chronotype is shared by just 15% of the population. Wolves get most of their productive and creative work done at night, not in the morning. In fact, they have two peaks, one brief one around noon, they're really just waking up, and another wave starting from 6 p.m. onward. When everyone else is starting their engines in the mornings, the wolf is still groggy and hitting the snooze button. But while their fellow bears are fading after dinner time, the wolves are hitting their stride. If you happily go to bed at midnight or well after and find yourself happily stuck in work and creative pursuits, you might be a wolf type. Wolves are happiest when they wake later at around 8 or 9 a.m. and then spend the morning doing lighter, less intense tasks. Around lunchtime, they can manage a burst of energy and deep work. But from around 2 p.m. to 5 p.m., it's best to get less important 
and less demanding tasks done again. From around 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. is your golden period, and it's best to plan the day's most challenging tasks for this time. Sleeping at around midnight is common. Personality-wise, wolves are said to be more introverted, introspective, and, yes, a little unusual. If they work around their uncommon rhythms, wolves can be astoundingly creative and independent thinkers. They're the ones who will be plotting outlandish schemes and plans while the rest of the world sleeps. The lion chronotype has a lot in common with the bear and also feels most alive and productive in the morning before lunch. Lion types can easily wake up early and accomplish astonishing amounts of work before lunchtime hits, but where bears are steady and even over the day, lions tend to lose their energy peak as quickly as it comes on. A lion type may be knocked over by an energy slump in the afternoon and can often feel drained after a big bout of energetic work in the morning. They wake up earlier than most types, around 6 or 7 a.m. is comfortable for them, and their best work starts pretty soon after with an optimal zone around 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Lions do best when they wake up and go and get things done before the slog of the day catches up with them, well before lunch if possible. If you're a lion type, it's a little like getting the main hunt of the day in the bag first thing in the morning and then winding down for the rest of the day. Focus on less important tasks from around noon till 4 p.m. and if you need a power nap, take one. Make sure you're spending the hours from 4 to 9 p.m. unwinding. Lions can get strung out if they don't relax properly in the afternoons. Your best bedtime is around 10 p.m. Lions who don't respect this early bedtime will find themselves still waking up at 6 a.m. the next morning, but they won't have the energy to sustain their peak period. A bad night's sleep for a lion could mean a long, groggy next day where they miss their productivity period and feel burnt out all afternoon. Lions comprise around 15% of the population and can be classified as those overachieving, go-getting types. Have you ever read about those famous leaders and achievers in history who woke up at 5 a.m. and crammed a day's work in before breakfast? They were probably lion types. Understandably, these people can be charismatic, inspirational leader types who are full of energy. When you catch them at the right time, that is. Finally, we have the dolphin type. If you read the previous three descriptions and thought that none applied, or else that all of them applied, then you might be a dolphin. In the wild, dolphins sleep with half of their brain active. Dolphin chronotypes are a bit like this, highly intelligent and alert, but with a tendency to insomnia and being a little scatterbrained or chaotic. Dolphins don't wake up easily, but once they do, they're most productive in the mid-morning. They can find it difficult to turn their brains off again at night. Dolphins have the most difficulty with anxiety and disturbed sleep, but on the other hand, they can be more flexible and creative than the other types. The dolphin type is most likely to have sporadic, uneven sleep schedules. Care should be taken to avoid burnout and physical exhaustion. Dolphins sleep best from around midnight to 6 a.m., which is a lot less sleep than the other types need. Plan the most demanding tasks for 10 a.m. to noon and build in plenty of time for soothing, frazzled nerves and resting. 
Only around 10% of people are said to be dolphin types. These are the intelligent, nutty professor types who can struggle with anxiety, but who are creative and can get a lot done in short sprints. So, which type are you? There are plenty of quizzes and checklists available online for you to identify your most likely type, but it's fairly easy to identify your type by looking closely at your strengths and weaknesses. When considering your own rhythms, try to ask what you naturally tend to do. If you stay up late at night because you're caring for a newborn baby or cramming for exams, this isn't your natural rhythm. Similarly, struggling to wake up in the morning can be down to depression, seasonal changes, or medical conditions. Instead, try to identify your long-term, natural, and lasting sleep tendencies. Having a steady rise and fall of energy during the day, which peaks in the morning and early afternoon, means you're likely a bear. Having the same but with more pronounced energy shifts earlier in the day may mean you're a lion. Doing your best work at night is a sure sign you're a wolf. Note, just because you're up late doesn't mean that this is your most productive time. Wolves are not just awake at night, they're alert and fresh. Finally, if you're an anxious type who sleeps lightly and needs to regularly recharge their batteries, you're probably a dolphin. Once you've identified your tendency, the next step is clear. Schedule your difficult tasks for your natural peak and make sure you're only doing lighter, less important work at other times. Everyone should keep a regular sleep and wake time, but yours may be different from the next person's. When it comes to energy and productivity, so many of us mistakenly think that we're lazy people or underachievers or unmotivated. It can be illuminating to learn your chronotype because you realize that everyone has an optimal rhythm. And by understanding yours, you learn that you do indeed have energy, motivation, and drive. It's just a question of when. You might have wondered how these sleep rhythms interact with mealtimes. Timing is important for everything in life, not just waking up and sleeping, but eating, exercising, working, and more. When it comes to food and energy levels, though, the most significant factor is your blood sugar level, yet another physiological flow and rhythm that needs to be optimally maintained. Before we dive into the importance of blood sugar, we'll address one more issue when it comes to sleep, naps. The difference between sleep and napping. Next to food and water, sleep is our body's most non-negotiable need, and if we don't get enough, our mental and physical performance can quickly deteriorate. You already know that most people should get the mythical eight hours of sleep, but as we've seen, different people have slightly different needs. No matter your chronotype, your body needs a daily opportunity to rest and refresh itself. Some people find naps are a great way to recharge and relax, whereas others find they interfere with their sleep that night and only leave them feeling groggy. However, not all naps are the same, and it's worth understanding the different types so you can nap strategically for your chronotype. Kinds of Naps Recovery naps are the kind that make up for sleep deprivation the night before. Appetitive naps are taken just because you enjoy napping. You might find they simply relax you and improve your mood and energy levels. 
prophylactic naps are taken in advance to prepare for an anticipated period of sleep deprivation, for example, a late night or shift work. Essential naps are when you're ill and you need to rest deeply to give your immune system time to fight off infection. Your body will often force you to sleep, whether you want to or not. Fulfillment naps are for children who need more sleep than adults do. They can occur spontaneously or be planned throughout the day for babies and toddlers. Bearing in mind the natural phases of sleep, a five-minute nap is simply too short to take you into the deeper, restorative phases. After 30 minutes, your body can go into the deeper sleep phases. But then there's another problem. You're no longer napping but full-on sleeping. Waking from this can leave you groggy, not refreshed, and interfere with your sleep that night. So-called power naps are in between, at around 10 or 20 minutes. Daily sleep is essential, but are naps necessary? Recovery naps, prophylactic naps, and essential naps are all useful and play their part. Other naps can be good or bad, depending on their length, their timing, your age, and what you do immediately afterward. Homeostatic sleep drive refers to essentially feeling sleepy. Like hunger builds the longer you don't eat, sleep drive builds the more you don't sleep. Napping can lower this sleep drive. This is a good thing in that being less sleepy means you can perform better, focus, learn better, and even self-regulate your mood more effectively. However, it's a bad thing if decreasing your homeostatic sleep drive results in you not being sufficiently tired to sleep that night. You could establish a vicious cycle of insomnia. As you can see, the advantage and disadvantage of naps is really the same thing. Reducing sleep pressure can combat fatigue in the short term, but exacerbated by interfering with your natural sleep patterns. If you constantly need a nap, you may in fact be trying to compensate for a broader sleep problem, or the naps themselves may be the problem. People who have difficulty going to sleep at night should avoid napping. For example, dolphin chronotypes. The best way to know that napping isn't right for you personally is to notice its effect on your sleep cycle. If napping makes you sleep later in the evening and wake later in the morning, then you may be so tired the next day that you feel you need another nap and the cycle continues. Generally, it's best to stick to occasional recovery or essential naps and push through any fatigue so you can continue to build up sleep pressure and sleep deeply that evening instead. If, however, you are the type of person who finds naps useful and refreshing without compromising their sleep, then there are a few ways to optimize your nap. Keep it from 10 to 20 minutes only. Nap halfway between the time you wake up and the time you sleep. This will vary for chronotypes. Avoid napping a few hours before bedtime. Nap in a cool, quiet, dark place that's comfortable and private. Use relaxation techniques to clear your mind and set aside worries so you're not ruminating instead of resting. Notice how you feel after napping and the broader effect it has on you, and adjust accordingly. Naps can be a great way to refresh yourself, boost alertness, and feel more relaxed. Avoid napping if a. 
you suspect the desire to nap may be masking a bigger sleep issue, or B, the napping habit itself is interfering with your circadian rhythms. One thing to remember is that you don't necessarily need to fall asleep to rest and recuperate. You can rest your brain, recenter yourself, and clear your mind with a bout of meditation, a breathing exercise, or a relaxation technique, all without compromising your sleep quality later that night. Have More Energy, a blueprint for productivity, focus, and self-discipline for the perpetually tired and lazy. Written by Peter Hollins, narrated by Russell Newton. To learn more about today's author or book, please visit Amazon.com or Audible.com. With an eclectic collection of water cooler knowledge, inspirational stories, and motivational thoughts from some of the newest audiobooks on the market, this has been the Voice Overwork Podcast, brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services.